What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of In the Nick of Time. We're live on the Spotify for Podcasters app. In connection with reprogramming your thinking videos, which you can find when you follow me on Instagram at Lovejoy. I'm your host, Nikki. Time is a gift we should not waste, so let's get right into it. First of all, I want to say I don't have a PhD. I am not licensed to counsel. I am not a preacher. So you probably say, Nikki, why should anyone listen to what you have to say? Well, I simply obey God's word. And on this podcast, I get to stroke my ego by edifying God only. So if you're listening, that means you and I can grow up together. And unlike the majority, you love honesty. Um, Church is not the answer. That's my theme on this podcast. And I always want to reiterate, because you probably say, if if you're a Christian and you go to church on Sunday or whenever you choose to worship, why are you saying church is not the answer? Um, Yes, I go to worship God on Sunday. Uh, But I don't go uh, for the superficial things the I go because I want to uh, meet God I, I don't I don't go to uh, just to say I go or just because I believe that's my ticket into heaven I go because I want to meet God I want to hear the word of God I want to learn uh how to apply those things to my life. Um, I know a lot of my listeners, I, I would like to ask my listeners this. I know you're probably tired of the Holy Rollers trying to convert you. Um, let me start out by saying, I don't care if you converted to Christianity after you hear me talk. I care that you come to believe in Christ because our soul is at stake. Now, church is not the answer. Like I said, it's not a church. It's not a routine. And it's not that building that you go to on whatever day you choose to go worship. You are the church. And that's why I have that as my thing. Because you are the church. Because every day... Every week, I'm learning something new about me. You know, this is an individual thing and learning how to apply God's word to your life. Not to um, see if it's going to work and then try something new. It's a lifestyle. So that's why I say church is not the answer. Now, a woman's worth. You know, we 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 have so many discussions, uh, church discussions that go on, especially when it pertains to a woman and her role in the church service, in the home, whatever. What do I bring to the table as a woman? But I want my listeners to always understand this on this podcast. I don't like giving my opinion. I don't want to create more division. 
I really believe it's important for women to stop fighting with men for supremacy, though. And I say that because of, uh, and and you can ask me anything, you know, on on the Spotify app or whatever. You can, you know, there are Q and A sections. You can ask me questions, and eventually I want to start uh, having guests. But right now, I just I want people to understand what I'm trying to convey to the world. I want us to understand that God can help us with anything. You know, we don't have to uh, depend on ourselves alone. And what I mean by women fighting with men for supremacy, we want to be equal. But we must understand that God in his brilliance didn't make no mistake on the roles that he gave us. He, he made no mistakes. And hopefully on my next episode, which will probably be uh, two weeks from now, I'll speak on this a little bit. Um, let's go back to the beginning when, when, when God was uh, speaking to Adam, the woman, and the devil, after the devil had, um, how do I put this? Manipulated the woman. And this is what he said to the woman. He said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Now, we live in a different time. And when you hear those words, you, you, you're like, rule over me. <clears throat> but God didn't make any mistakes when he said that. That wasn't something he said, you know, and didn't know what he was saying. And... It wasn't something that he was saying that he didn't mean. Now, break that. What does that mean? That was kind of like the results of, of Eve's actions. You know, you were, you were manipulated. You know, the serpent came at you. Because in that moment, your emotions, your flesh guided you. Now, we can, we can argue back and forth and say, hey, but the man uh, allowed himself to indulge as well. True. So why did God say that to Eve? Well, the serpent came at her. He didn't come at Adam. And without us, with our feminine wiles, you know, it, it didn't break all that down in the in, in the scripture. You know, how did she approach Adam? You know, how did she um convince Adam? How did she have that type of influence over Adam? And he was supposed to be the leader. Think about it. 
as as women and and how we use because at that time you know I'm pretty sure I don't I'm not going to get into that. I, I I digress from that. But I'm just I'm just looking at women and men and you know the fight for supremacy. The fight as a woman for us to say, "Hey, you know, um we're important too. You need to hear us as well." But you got to look at what God said. You know, the man is going to rule over you. Your desire is going to be him. I don't, I'm not breaking that down for you, but I'm just giving you insight into God made no mistakes in that aspect. And when we're fighting for supremacy, what are we really fighting for? Then we got to think about what it means when we're at odds about who is to lead or who can lead or uh, who should listen to who. You both have a voice, but at the end of the day, the man should be making the decisions for, for the family. But you should be able to trust his decisions at the end of the day after you discuss something. You know, he's taking what you said into consideration. He's taking what uh, what this, uh, what needs to be done in that situation into consideration. And <clears throat> as as the leader, he's not just concerned about what he wants he's also concerned about are you with him you know that's what you look at as a woman before you say hey i can i can i can get with what he's doing i can follow his lead because it's not just i want to do this and that's the end of discussion you know but i but we fight so hard as women for you to say hey Women are important, but we are. We know we are. We are important. We 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 don't have to fight with men. We are supposed to come together uh, in unison, and we're supposed to multiply. That was what God created us to do, and with us fighting. <clears throat> Yeah, we're procreating, but then now it that has even really gone left because women are fighting to have control of their own bodies and saying if I if I want to have an abortion, I can have an abortion. Uh, you know, all of these fights that we're having. You know, as a woman, what's what's really important because while women are out here fighting to uh, have abortions. There are women that would love to have ki- have kids, and they can't. <clears throat> have we ever stopped to think about the opportunities that we have when we have opportunities, and and stop to think about, well, it's somebody out here that's not as fortunate, and. Do you know how that feels as a woman 
you know, because being barren talks about that in the Bible. It talks about that in the Bible. You know, women back in the Bible days, they were treated like uh, social lepers if they couldn't have a child. You know, they felt less than a, like less than a woman. But Jesus told um, women and his followers when he was going to the cross, hey, if you're barren, you're blessed. And it's so many things that we focus on when we're talking about, you know, our place in this world as women. You know, we like I said, we're fighting for supremacy, but why? Why? What do we get out of saying, hey, I can lead a church, I can lead a company, a Fortune 500 company, but what does that mean? What, what what good is that when it's all said and done? What is your legacy truly? Women strive, you know, for so many different things. We strive for economic status. Why? Because society has told us, you know, you've been put on the back burner long, long enough. It's time for you to take your place in this world. But what, do, what, what they don't tell us is that we have equal opportunity as well. They don't, the world is not, not giving women that, uh, that mindset, you know, you know, like you, you have a lot of discussions about women preachers. Uh, should we be preaching into a congregation? Should we be running head, heading up a church? And I believe we should not. You know, you can ask me why I believe that, but I believe we should not, you know, be a preacher. But why shouldn't I be a preacher? Well, because, and I'm not going to even go to that scripture about what it tells women to be silent because I, I really don't believe that scripture is what um, Paul was talking about. Me personally, and I don't really like, like I said, I really don't like getting into my opinions, but me personally, I'll say this. Um, we both have roles as men and women. And we're supposed to trust our word, men in the roles that God has given them and we should be able to take our role as the woman. Now, being the head, you know, we're so emotional as women. Men are emotional too, but we're emotional to the extent of, you know, like, when I get mad, you know, hey, I think it's different, you know. I'm not able to disconnect, you know, as I should. And to lead is to be able to influence people and motivate people. And I think we can do that without a title. You know, I think, like, I could give you 
scripture on this podcast. And I'm not, I don't have to be a preacher because I tell you at the beginning I'm not a preacher. But I could give you scripture. I could spread God's word. I could tell people the truth. I can have a ministry. So, but I don't have to head up a church. I don't have to um, try to convince other men. As women, we, we're strong. And a lot of times when women are trying to tell other women how strong they are, you know, they go straight to Proverbs 31. And that's those are great examples of women and our place in society and why we don't have to fight for uh, supremacy. We don't have to fight for economic status because we are special and we should embrace those special qualities that God has given us. And men should do the same, but embrace that special quality that God has given us. Not in in the way where we say, see, this is why I'm important, but embrace it in the way we say, I don't have to do that. Like, as a woman, do you want to be out there changing the oil on your car? Do you want to be up under the hood of a car? Do you want to be changing tires and have your fingers and fingernails and hands just filthy? Your clothes filthy? Do you want to be out there cutting grass, uh, chopping down trees? Uh, Do you want to be... Paying all the bills in your home. You know, do you want to be the sole provider of your family? And the man just sits back and barely earns a living. And he can't really contribute. As a woman, would you, would you, is that the role that you want to take on? Or do you want it to be 50-50? Or do you want it to be 60-40? Or do you want it to be 80-20? I mean, what do we want when we're fighting this fight as women to let everybody know that we're worthy? Okay, let's, let's, let's dive into this. Because now, you know, to get away from my opinion. I just want to tell you, I want to take you for a minute to think about the story of the woman at the well when uh, Jesus came to speak to her. And they were conversing. Now, first of all, she was a Samaritan. So Samaritans were looked at as, um, you know, Less than the Jews, they will be, they, they were, you know, the Jews did not consider them as, you know, they didn't have the, the economic and social status of the Jews. I'll put it that way. But when Jesus spoke to this woman, 
uh, he never belittled her. He started off asking her for something. And he didn't focus on her ethnicity. So when we when we talk about I'm black and I'm a woman, all of these strikes that are against me. How about we twist that and say, I'm black, I'm beautiful, and I'm a woman. Those are all three qualities that makes me so special. Because then she went into downing her own self. You know, you're asking me for water, you're a Jew. You know, the sarcasm. Like, why are you asking me for something? You know, you say you're better than than I am. You know, you Jews say you're better than I am. And we are. We have to stop focusing on what other people think. Because Jesus only said, can you give me some water? You know, he didn't say... You know, look at you, Samaritan. You you need to give me some water because I'm a Jew. You know, that's your, you know, respect me. He said, give me a drink of water. So we have to stop focusing on what we assume our place is in society. I'm black. I'm a woman. I have those strikes against me. Why do they have to be a strike against you? Why can't they be those the things that make you special and make you unique and make you uh, that allows you to know that you you you're seen. You mean something. You know, take your uniqueness and allow people to see that uniqueness and stop making it a weakness it's not a weakness it's it's who you are it's the essence of you and you and and then if you bring a beautiful godly spiritual personality that's even better you know that's even that adds to it as a woman, you don't have to look at what you think society thinks of you. And then say, I have all these obstacles to come to overcome. You know, I got all these obstacles in my way. You don't, they're not in your way. You know, you can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. And your and and your ethnicity has nothing to do with it, because it when when Jesus spoke to the woman at the world well, what was Jesus's focus? Why was he even talking to that woman? Well, what stood out to me is he started to converse with this woman, and he gave her the truth. And then she went and spread it, the word about him, and others came to hear him for themselves because of her. 
And then they start, they stop listening just to her and listen to him. What is that? What are you talking about, Nikki? What does that mean? Well, as a woman, we have the opportunity, the same opportunities as a man for salvation, for the truth to be in us, and we live that truth, and our lives can be just as great as any man or any white woman, as I'm just, I'm talking to black women, because we, we are the, 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 the marginalized society, I mean, culture, we are the marginalized culture, so, we have to stop saying that our worth is what everybody in society says our worth is. You're black and you're a woman. You 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 you're no good for anything but uh, having babies and uh, being on government assistance. That's not your that's not your fate unless you allow it to be your fate. If you want to get up and be an entrepreneur, as as the as it spoke of the one uh, the Proverbs thirty one woman was, she was an entrepreneur. If you want to get up and do that, if you get up and you take care of your family, you feed your family as a woman. You make sure your husband is fed, the children are fed, the home is clean. We, we can do those things. We Society cannot stop us from having a great home. We can be a woman that doesn't pro- produce conflict all the time around the home. Making sure that uh, her husband is, is successful because she's not giving him grief at every turn. She's motivating. She's strengthening him. She's allowing him to know that he can uh, conquer the world. You know, she uh, makes him, she knows how to make him feel like he's Superman and uh, she's Lois Lane. So why do we have to sit back and reduce ourselves to, to being what society says we are? We don't have to, because God's word says the woman that fears God is worthy to be praised. So those are the things that we can bring to the table. Now, a woman's worth, and what I'll say to end this is I'm really learning to like myself, and every day is preparation for me, you know. I want to be that woman that pleases God, because how can... My standards be beyond my reach. And and what I mean by that is, you know, we as women, we sit back, we have conversations, and we, we talk about our work, and we talk about our expectations for the man that, we're, that we want to build a family with. Um, and we have to make sure that we are that woman that we say we are. We got to bring 
to the table the personality of a God-fearing woman so that our men will not only meet our expectations, but they'll exceed our expectations because we'll meet that leader where we won't have to tell them what they need to be doing because they'll already be doing it, and then we'll be willing to follow their lead. Now, how does that story of the woman at the well apply to me? I'm so glad you asked that. She met the Messiah, and Jesus did not hesitate to share the truth with her. Even though she was a sinner, what she did with the truth, the fact that she was a woman, did not hinder her chance for salvation. So women want to be heard. This is the confidence we have to have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And I want to prove that to you because I know you, I know people love proof. He said in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14. And the word of God is for everybody. So we can't say he was talking just to men. Listen to what 1 John 5 and 14 says. It says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So women, this is what I say to you. You must understand this. We have to stay prayed up. We have to stay strong, but we don't have to be so strong and independent because that's not where our worth is at. And we have to first put God first. And when we put God first and then we love ourselves and like ourselves, the other things will fall into place. We will be able to be that woman of God that can even influence an ungodly man. So, I just want to end by saying, women, we will be heard. We don't have to always yell. People see us and they can hear us. Sometimes we have to know when to speak. And when we speak, we need to make sure that we're speaking wisdom and we're not yelling and screaming at the world to pay attention to us. Because your beauty, your blackness, and the fact that you're a woman, people are already paying attention. Okay, guys, this is the segment of my podcast where I say, wake up, world. Now, <clears throat> hey, I, I, I got a question to pose to my listeners. And all of my listeners, you can ask me anything you want to ask me. And like I say, eventually I want this podcast to, I want to bring people on. I want to do interviews. I want to get to that point. But right now, it's just me. It's little old me. But I say wake up world. And what do I mean by wake up world? And 
I, I, I added this segment because we have a lot of people that think that they're woke. Uh, we have all of these movements out here. Um, and everybody says that we're living in a cult. We're living at a, in a time where everybody has finally opened their eyes and wake. They, they are awake now. You know, you have your Hebrew, Hebrew Israelites, all of these movements, okay? Now, to this episode of Wake Up World, this this segment, I want to pose a question, but I, I want to say this. We have so many people that want and refuse to acknowledge God. But we think we're woke. We say, I am living my truth. And my question is, what does living your truth mean? I don't. Me personally, I don't think there's any merit to us having a truth that we can claim as our own. Besides the truth. And you probably say, Nikki, what is the truth? I do not on this podcast uh, like to cause, like to be divisive. So I want God to be glorified and God wants his children to worship him in spirit and in truth. This is not an attack on anyone, but there is only one truth. Now, there's a way that seems right to a man, but it leads to death. Now, Nikki, why does this topic really even matter? Well, I was thinking about this when I heard Carly B doing it, you know, talking on, I think she was doing a live on Instagram. She was talking about the situation with Dwayne Wade's son transitioning. She was talking and she was like, you know, let people live their truth, you know. But here's the thing, and and, and, and <clears throat> I say wake up world because we have free will. Now, when you, when you make a choice, why do you also feel like you have the right to try to make everyone agree with your choice first of all and then second of all you get offended with uh what's gonna come at you when you make that choice okay i'll give you a real live example like for me on my job um lately i've been dealing with you know i do relief i give breaks And I've been dealing with uh, the fact that, you know, everybody that I break on the line that I give breaks to, they they come back late. And I have to take out cardboard and trash, you know, and plus get my own break. And I decided that I was not going to talk to the leads anymore about what was going on because I felt like I was telling them, you know, what was going on. And then we even started having to have 
paperwork where we could document, you know, what time they were going to break, what time they were coming back. And uh, nothing still was being done. And so me deciding to take an approach of, hey, if if you all don't want to listen, I'm going to go to your boss. So I started to uh, email their boss, go to their boss, and he started coming to them about what I was coming to him about. So they got upset about it. And it was, hey, Nikki, you got to start doing this since you... And I'm like, the things that you're telling me that I need to start doing, I was already supposed to be doing. You all were just allowing me another avenue. And so, Nikki, what is this, you know, what's the relevance? I made a choice to take a stand. I wasn't. But when the when the when the consequences came back at me, I wasn't like, oh, I got to step back. No. I made a choice and I was okay with what was, you know, what was to come. And I think that's the that's the thing about society and the reason why I say wake up. You wanna make choices. You utilize your free will to do what you want to do but when the consequences or when somebody says something about what you're doing then you're offended then it's like I'm just living my truth leave me alone okay you know you may be living your truth you're doing what you say uh, makes you happy well if I decide to say I don't agree with what you're doing I don't like what you do, you know, or if I decide to speak on it because it's public knowledge, then, you know, you got to be able to have that that tough skin. It's not just because if you're living your truth, quote unquote, if it's your truth, you got to be okay with, you know, the results. And the pushback and the the uh, conversations that may be had, the, whatever that comes with your truth. Think about Jesus Christ. He was telling everybody, he was telling them the truth. And when they came up against him, one of his disciples even they said was Peter chopped off one of the uh, soldiers ear when they came to arrest Jesus and Jesus repaired his ear healed his ear and told his disciples if you live by the sword you die by the sword you don't have to defend me in that way now why would he say that you know why did he want to why did he uh, want them to arrest him when he hadn't done anything wrong because he wasn't afraid because he was speaking the truth it wasn't about him it wasn't about his truth and what he wanted to do so he could withstand what was gonna come at him because he knew the future glory that he will have. 
which was him being resurrected from the dead. And that's the purpose of Jesus' life. And that's the purpose we have to live with. We don't have to fight every battle, you know, with, with, with attitude and anger and violence. Some things, let it happen. Because it may be a future glory that's coming for you. If you're doing the right thing. Now, it means nothing to suffer when you're doing wrong. But when you know that you're doing nothing wrong and people still want to come up against you, you know that your future glory is it, it out far outweighs the momentary uh, pain that man thinks he's inflicting on you because it's only for a moment. Jesus went to the cross, sacrificed his life, came down, was buried, but he was resurrected. Now, if, if, if you don't see the beauty in that, then you then you you like being blind and you like living your truth here's some truth for you first john 3 8 if we claim to be without sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us so dear children let us not love with words or speech but with action and in truth that's some truth for you we are sinners I don't have to I don't have to call out your sin and you don't have to call out my sins. We're sinners. If you say that cohabitation is not sin, hey, you can continue to deceive yourself. That's okay. If in love I can show you what God says it is a sin, what you do with that is up to you. I get to dust my shoulders off and move on. If you say murder is not a sin because you, 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 you decide to take the law into your own hands, hey, you can deceive yourself like that. If you say complaining is not a sin, you can deceive yourself like that. If you say lying is not a sin, you can deceive yourself like that. Because a lot of us think, you know, hey, I haven't killed nobody, so I'm not a sinner. Hey, uh, uh, I don't have sex before marriage, so I'm not a sinner. But I have moments where I complain. I don't, I don't drink. I'm not a sinner, but I complain. I gossip, okay? If you say you don't gossip, I mean, you say you, you gossip, but you're not a sinner. If you say slandering somebody's name is not a sin, if you say backbiting is not a sin, if you say uh, retaliation is not a sin, I mean, that's you. That's you deceiving yourself. And then it says, let us not love with words or speech, but with action and in truth. That's the truth. 
Do you have to? Do you have to love your child if she says or he says, "I I, I feel trapped in my body." Yeah, I have to love you. I don't have to belittle you at every turn, but I don't have to parade you around and promote you to the world as this is okay. I can educate myself on gender dysphoria, but that doesn't make it okay. If I educate myself and then I read God's word, I say it's confusion. It's the work of the enemy. Here's some here's some truth, some more truth for you. This is how you recognize the spirit of God in the enemy. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. So if I tell you that homosexuality is a sin, I don't hate you. I don't want anybody to bring any harm to you. But I do not have to tell you that I'm okay with that. I do not have to be an advocate for you. But in love, Because I'm concerned about your soul. I'm not concerned about, you know, what the majority is doing. I'm not concerned about, hey, this is your truth. I'm concerned about the truth. So, and there's a difference. I don't have to say, hey, you're doing that, I'm okay, you know, you know, I'm cool with it. I can also say do what you do, but I don't agree with it. But I I don't want any harm to come to you, and I don't hate you. If I say cohabitation and sex before marriage is is a sin, I don't hate you. And 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 the and the, and the most important thing is you don't have to go to hell. Think about the think back about the woman of the, in the, at the well that I spoke of. Jesus said she had five husbands, and the man that she was living with at that point was not even her husband. When you when you think about that, you're like, okay, so he no. What he was saying was, and what he was showing her was. Yeah, you made some mistakes, but I didn't come here just to call out your wrongs. I came to heal you and take you away from that. 
and let you know that you got something way and far better than living that type of life. You don't have to reduce yourself to that. Think about the the uh the the, the adulteress that they brought to Jesus and they wanted to stone her and he rode in the dirt and he stood up and he said, "Who is without sin cast the first stone?" And he looked at the woman when they all went away and said, "Look, where are your where are your condemners? Where are your accusers? Neither do I accuse you anymore." Go and sin no more. It wasn't that he was okay that she was found in sin. He was he came to help those who were sick, those who were spiritually broken. And that's the truth. We have to stop looking at oh. Jesus was okay. No, Jesus was not okay with sin. But it wasn't always, it's no hope for you, you're going straight to hell. That's what that's what you have to understand. There is hope. But you gotta wanna take hold of that hope and not continue down the path that you go, okay. Let me put it in perspective and then I'm gonna I'm gonna uh end this in this episode for this week. Let me put it in perspective. We have to recognize that we don't have to go to hell but we also have to know that we can go to hell when we do things contrary to God's will and his way and I have we we as Christians have to realize that it's not up to us to condemn you to hell at every turn. Hell and heaven is real, but you have a choice. And that's what we have to look at. You have a choice. You can live your truth or you can live by the truth. You can live the truth. And that's what we have to realize. That's where the world has to truly wake up and open their eyes. We have choices. And when we make those choices, so if you're willing to live with the, with the consequences, okay. But you have to know that your truth doesn't match up with the truth and when it doesn't match up with the truth there are consequences and we have to recognize that it can't be that I can do what I want to do and and then 
to believe that what I've done, even though I know it's wrong, that Jesus is still going to make the choice to accept me. Because anybody that he came across, it was never to tell them you're going to hell. It was always to tell them you have a hope, you have a chance to change your mind. It's up to you. Now, the ball is in your court. Because what is the consequences of somebody slapping you? You wanna you wanna hit back, right? So if Jesus came to give his life for of people that don't that didn't love him and didn't believe in him and didn't want to know him, and he still sacrificed his life, why do you think? He's going to be okay with you deciding that I'm going to live my truth. And I'm not concerned that Jesus gave his life for me. Because he loves me enough that I can live my truth. And he's still going to accept me into heaven. So, the choice is ours. It's always ours. The ball is in our court. Now, we can shut up and, 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 and dribble. Or we can then make the choice to sacrifice our own needs and wants and pleasures. I won't even say needs, I sacrifice our own wants and desires and sacrifice them for an opportunity to live right, die right, and then get up right. To live right, to die right, and to get up right. Because we will leave this earth, we will die, but we will face judgment. And it's not going to be the judgment of people who say they didn't like when you did this or when you lived like this or when you, you know, it's going to be Jesus Christ saying, well done, or Depart from me, I never knew you. Now, which one, which phrase do you want to hear? That's the importance of all of this. This is preparation. This is time to get it right. We are living in Noah's. We are living in times like Noah. You know, you got the people that's trying to live right. They are being ridiculed. They are being laughed at. They are being told that they're crazy. And 
The flood is coming. And if you do, if you follow the masses, if you follow and you take the broad way, expect to get caught in the flood and to lose your life in the flood. Because the narrow way, it was only eight people on that boat. And animals, the animals that 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 needed to be on there so they could reproduce when the flood was over. But it was eight humans that got on that boat and were saved. Eight. Eight. Out of all out of all of society, only eight people chose the right way. And when you say eight, that's not a lot. So look at us today when you have billions of people across the nation. Let's just let's just put a number on it and and, 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 and just, let's just put a number on it. You got 5 billion people. And and you look at 8 people were saved in Noah's day. You got 8 billion people in society today. Just imagine. Only 2,000 of them are saved. Out of of 5 billion people. 2,000 chose the right way and was saved. Guys, I'm going to leave you with that. Let's reprogram our thinking. Let's get back to love. Let's recover the life that the enemy tries to steal from us each and every day. And most of all, guys, if you don't remember anything else, God may not be there when you want him, but he'll be there in the nick of time. Peace, guys. I love you and I'm out.